Welcome to episode 21 of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Ben. Benny, how's your week, buddy? Oh, man. Week was great, as always. Um, you know, it's, it's getting a little redundant with that, with that opening line. But, uh, <laughs> dude, I mean, hey, got to just be true to myself. And my week was great. So, my sister's in town. So that's always a plus. What, uh, what else? How long is she, how long is she there for? Uh, she's, they got a wedding on Sunday. Um, oh, in Jackson hole, huh? In Jackson. Yeah. I guess it's like a, at a, like a private ranch. So sounds no, awful. yeah, yeah. Really shitty. Um, terrible backdrop. So we'll see how those, <laughs> those photos come back. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude. So, um, we're, you know, recording a little bit early, but, uh, yeah, we went on a pretty badass hike today. Um, really cool. Went up to this waterfall and just, you know, tits deep in wildflowers. It's like, can't get better than that. So. Hey, they got ticks out there. You got ticks out there. Dude. Funny, funny thing. No ticks and, uh, no poison ivy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So when I went, uh, I told you about this. I went fishing a couple, whatever it was, two, three weeks ago. And literally, I walked through one patch of grass, maybe 100 yards. And I came out, I had seven ticks on my legs. <laughs> Just fucking literally peeling them off like they were going out of style. Um, yeah, that's the great thing about the West, even the Midwest, the Rocky Mountain region. There's just no fucking bugs. Oh, dude, there are mosquitoes like oh, you, you got fucking read about. And, um, you know, like the, the good old, like, uh, New England uh, beach horsefly? Like the oh, yeah, heads. sure. Yep. Well, oh, man, do I love killing those things. But uh, <laughs> we got these big black things, dude. Massive, like, I'm not going to call them horseflies. I'll call them, like, moose flies or something. But... <laughs> Dude, it's like it's kind of sad because it's like a hundred percent kill ratio with those things. Like, you can feel them lock onto you. Yeah, and you're like, dude, you are a sitting duck. Like, way too big, easy target. Yeah, it's like every time one of those land on you, it's like a guaranteed. Like, yeah, he ain't ever gonna land on someone else again. Um, But uh, I think it all it's all relative, you know, like, you know, it's like with the beauty comes some, some pests and, uh, oh, sure. I mean, you know, you get like, I just, I took Sasha for like a three mile walk before we jumped on and, uh, you know, it's annoying having to like swipe in front of you, all the gnats and mosquitoes and shit, but like you get, you get used to it. It's funny. You're talking about flies though. So like two and a half weeks ago, I came home from work one day, I go into my bathroom and there's 15 house flies on the window pane i'm like what the fuck like what the fuck is happening here it sounds so, like there may, may have been a mass murder scene in there so i went and grabbed the dish towel and buddy <laughs> honestly <laughs> i deserve a long-range infantry rifle medal for how i was taking these fuckers out i was snapping them out of the air knocking them down on the oh. ground flattening them hey. i mean 
isn't it the best feeling when, when like one gets going though and he comes across your path oh, yeah. and you just beat him out of the snap sky it. with your hand? Just snap it right out of the out of the air. But dude, uh, so it went on for four days. Every day I was coming home from work and there was just like 20 flies. I'm like, what the fuck? I couldn't figure it out. And then literally it rained one time and it stopped. It hasn't been a single house fly since. Either that or I slaughtered an entire I think I reduced the house fly population in the United States by about 2% after four days. I just was slaughtering these fucking things. But Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, to go along with your long range uh, strike <laughs> scout sniper badge, you should probably get a purple heart too. Cause I feel Honestly, like your, your rotator cuff may have gotten injured in, in battle. And I don't, I don't know how I slept through that, you know, not, not to, not to make a, a big joke, but you know, waking up in the middle of the night, it must've been what it was like in Vietnam, you know, thinking the Viet Cong are all around you. I hear flies buzzing around and you know, it just gives anybody nightmares. Well, um, did, you, did you bust out some agent orange? And, uh, yeah, right. Know? I just fucking napalm the shit out of them. Um, but speaking fuck, of which, hey, uh, hey, our, our uh, close personal friend and um, my cousin Dylan Brown back on American turf. I actually haven't even talked to him, but I haven't had service, so um, right, right get, where he, did, right where he belongs. Yeah, I talked to him, uh, and I've been talking to him in one of our group texts. He's he's down uh, wherever the fuck he is, Texas, for two weeks, and then he'll be back in back in Connecticut. But it's good to have him. Have him home, and then our other close personal friend, Colby, who was tested positive for COVID, and I asked him about it because I wanted to know what it was, you know, what he felt like, and he said it was nothing. He said he lost his sense of taste for about 12 hours and felt like he had a, you know, mildly worse cold for about five days. Uh, but so he's quarantining in Germany right now, and then he'll be headed home as well. So. Both of our boys that were over in uh, in Afghanistan are are on their way back. Uh, Bill's already home, but Colby Bill's home. So, I mean, shout out to those guys. Appreciate everything they do. Um, you wouldn't have yeah, fought dude, my that... ass in Afghanistan. They're fucking they're they're heroes for it. Dude, totally, man. That's uh, I know my uh my aunt and uncle are psyched, obviously, along with with everybody. But right. that's uh, that's a that's a uh, you know. One of those things, you know, you or I won't, but uh, he'll live with forever. Like, you know, ser- serving a country is a pretty, pretty admirable, you know, feat, and especially the way he did it. You know, flying choppers around. Right. Um, right. Being. I mean, being he, he only got hit. Way. He only got hit with one missile. I mean, uh, right. or, or rocket, <laughs> rocket. Was it a rocket launcher? So, RPG, not, rocket propelled uh, yeah, grenade. Yeah, yeah, not that big of a deal, but. Uh, Thank God we funded um, the Afghanis in the 1980s and not today. Otherwise, they'd have technology. They'd be shooting that thing out of the fucking sky. No shit. But, um, uh, yeah, dude, hey, I mean, hey, all joking aside, like, you know, it's uh, – there, there's there's a lot of people who aren't coming back, and uh, sure. it's a shitty, shitty thing. But, uh, you know, God bless everyone who who is and uh, and who is currently over there. Now for, I mean, I mean, it's, it's this one thing where like, it's one of the things that drives me the most nuts about, about this divide. You know, we talked about the divide in our country last week and, you know, it's one of the things that drives me more and more nuts about it is that for whatever reason, there's a faction of people within this country who feel that they don't need to show or that people in the military don't deserve their respect. 
and it's one of the most frustrating things in me because or to me because you know depending regardless excuse me regardless of what side of the aisle you you're on or where your political views are i mean the simple fact of the matter is it's a very very small portion of people that are selfless enough to go and join the military and serve overseas and you know fight a war that really has nothing to do with their day-to-day life and you know is something like this current war that's been going on for way too fucking long for no real reason at this point you know to be selfless enough to volunteer to go do that um you know, it deserves all the respect in the world, regardless of how you feel about the government. So the fact that there's people out there who don't feel that those people deserve respect is it's fucking, it's sickening. Oh, totally. And it can even go, I mean, it can go like with every single country, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's political chaos, you know, with every single country, but like, no matter what, I mean, I don't care what country you are, if like you're serving for your country, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's the ultimate act of, of selflessness, you know, right. um, you know, some people get put, put there and, you know, you know, as like a, a choice, you know, but sure. other people, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know what the rate, you know, the ratio is or whatever, but I mean, it's like, they're everyone. It's like, anyone who really stands in a line of duty is, is it's admirable in my eyes, you know, it's like. Well, especially um, because there's another aspect to it too, that like, you know, I'm sure Dill would be able to speak to this or Colby would be able to speak to this better than, than I would. But I think there's a level of people that come from like an economic situation, you know, economic, uh, economic uncertainty, poverty, you know, that grew up living well below the poverty line, who joined the military, serve, and it gives them a footing to better their life and hopefully on down the road, better their family's life and their future family's lives. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you make that sacrifice to hopefully be able to achieve that. But, you know, it's, um, like I said, I mean, it's weird because like, I always had wanted to join the military growing up. Um, if you go back through any of my, my, uh, hockey yearbooks, you know, they would ask you what college you wanted to go to. I always said West Point, which is a joke. Cause I was no chance I was ever getting into fucking West Point, but, um, but I have asthma and I, you know, I can't, if you have asthma, you can't, if you have asthma and you have to take medication, you know, you can't join the service. So, uh, I'll never forget. I used to get recruiting phone calls all the fucking time. And then I told one recruiter I had asthma. And that was it. It just all stopped just like that. And in hindsight, I, you know, I would have never, I mean, I would have been able to do it, but I would have not enjoyed the military. So even more props to those who fucking go and do it because it's not fucking fun. I'm sure at all. Yeah, no, I, my, my really, my only real like run in with the, with the military recruits was probably at like, you know, like the Dave Matthews concert outside yeah, in front right, where they, right. <laughs> they have the pull-up contest yep. or whatever. And I used to crush that. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens when you have a pull-up bar in your barn and it becomes a competition every weekend with your buddies. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was definitely on their radar. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, man, it's oh, – <laughs> It's it, – fuck dude 
I mean, my whole family, it's like my grand, both grandfathers, you know, my grandfather was one was a Marine, one was in the Navy. Um, my cousin was in the army. My Dylan is also in the army. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it, it's like a thing. So I, mean, I got ton, all the respect in the world. I just, my path, I guess, happened to be a little different or whatever. Yeah. So. I mean, Hey, it's, 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 everybody's different. Now this is kind of a speculative question I'd have. And I obviously I could ask Dylan, but I don't have him right in front of me. I have you right in front of me. Do you think there's a level of like, all right, so here's my thing. And, and I think you and I kind of see it the same way. At this point, we've been in Afghanistan now for the better part of the last 20 years, right? The last 18, 19 years. Um, do you think we're that at this point, actually, this is a two-part question. Do you think that at this point, we're only continuing to stay in Afghanistan for control of the poppy fields and as a strategic placement, if anything were to ever happen with Russia. The second part of that question is, do you think there's like a level of like thinking that while you're over there, like, you know, what are we actually still fighting for over here? Well, I mean, the second part is the more, I mean, yeah, dude, you could get into some serious in-depth, you know, reasoning as to why, you know, we're there. And right. it's unfortunate that there is, um, you know, call it what it is, like an opiate pandemic in America. Right. And A real pandemic. Like an actual pandemic where, you know, people's lives – are changed forever um families um you know ev like dude it's fucking bad you know what i mean and then it doesn't take long to you know figure out where those come from you know right. it's like where wh where i get it you know there's a lot of things that go into it but i mean at some point like, are we just as a society, like more <clears throat> kind of just like leave it to like, like th our, our own thoughts? Like, you know what I mean? Do how often do people actually say like, oh, what, like, what are we fighting for? Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, what is the, what is the reasoning behind thousands and thousands of Americans, you know, being stationed in foreign countries like right. fighting you know what i mean and like whether they're like i mean what what do you call the like i mean it's like the taliban isis i mean there like there's been hundreds of of i mean I, maybe not hundreds but you know what do you want to call them rebel militias you know yeah, that, that, yeah, that sure. throughout throughout history that have been no, you they, and if you're going all the way through history, then there's definitely been hundreds. There's probably been thousands of factions over the years. Right. So it's like, you know, and it, it's like at what point, you know, like just like, you know, the coronavirus, like all this stuff sort of like pops up, like, you know, right right now it's or, – or what is it right now? ISIS kind of, you know, the Taliban, multiple. I, I think I mean, Al-Qaeda still, you know. Al-Qaeda. It's, it's like – 
you know, and, uh, and like, what are all these groups? You know, it's like, what, like, see, we only, we only get the info that, you know, it's like the news will tell you. Right. Nobody really like knows deep down. Like, I mean, well, not to mention the news doesn't talk about it anymore. You don't ever hear about the war in Afghanistan anymore. And like, that's kind of my point is that like, you know, with Vietnam, right. It, it's, it, this is all like fresh in my mind. Cause I was listening to a podcast with Oliver Stone, uh, the director the other day. And uh, you know, he served in Vietnam and he was talking about his time there and all that shit. And towards the end of the interview, he was talking about, um, kind of the protest movement that went on while he was there. And it just made me think that like, you know, here America is and like, like I love war history, right? Specifically more World War One and World War Two because there's so much more strategery involved. It's not like guerrilla warfare like we have today with technology and all that shit. But the interesting thing about World War One and World War Two is both of those wars America was reluctant to get involved, right? World War I, we entered very late. World War II, we entered two years after it started. And if not for the Japanese provoking us, who knows if we actually get fully involved. We were involved, but we were not sending troops there. And then Korea happens. And the kind of difference at this point is World War II had pulled America out of the Great Depression. Korea happens. It's right after, you know, whatever, 10 years after uh, the Cold War has started. America is extremely concerned at this point about the spread of communism through Southeast Asia. So then Korea happens. We go to Korea to try and prevent the spread of communism there. Vietnam happens. We go to Vietnam to try and prevent the spread of communism there. And then there's kind of a break for a while. There's some, some military scuffles here and there. And then... Desert Storm 1 happens, then 9-11 happens, we go back to Iraq, Afghanistan. So, like, the, the point of all of this is, like, there was a long period where America would not get involved in foreign conflicts and major foreign conflicts. And then all of a sudden, the switch flipped and we realized how good war was for our economy. And we said, well, fuck it, we have to go to war then when there's, then there's a conflict to have. And that's what we started doing. And now we go to countries like Afghanistan where, like I jokingly mentioned before, but it's true, you know, we armed the Afghanis in the 1980s to fight against the Soviets. We armed the Iran, we armed Iran during the 1970s and 1980s. Like, and now we have problems with these countries. It's like, no, we don't have problems. We just have a wartime economy. And the only way to keep a wartime economy going is to be at war. So we just make up these fucking reasons to go to war and then stay there for as long as fucking possible. Aaron, do you remember like nine, like when nine eleven happened, and uh, like it wasn't like long after that, like you know we like went to full on war. Was that a, was that called like Operation? No, I, I all I remember is this one specific time when it was all going down. It was like called like Operation Shock and Awe. No, shock and awe was what George Bush described it right. as. It was Operation Iraqi Freedom. Okay, Operation Iraqi Freedom. but Real original name, the, George Bush. No, no, no. The specific, like, mis- the missile strike. Shock yeah, shock and awe. and awe. Right. So I remember as, you know, whatever. I was, I don't know, was 11 years old? 10? You were 11, 
almost 12. 11. No, we were 12. We were 12 because it was September. Okay, so – oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So we're 12. And I just remember, like, I can remember seeing the news, like, you know, in my mom's bedroom or, my, you know, whatever, my parents' bedroom. And uh, it was like there was a reporter – and then, like, right behind them was just all these what looked like fireworks. Yeah. And now, as a 30-year-old, like, I'm true, you know, as, like, the, you know, question everything mentality. It's like, dude, you know, you wonder if, if like, you know, obviously some shit is real, you know, right. for sure, you know. But it's like, if this has sort of also been, like, you know, a little bit of, like, you know, some Hollywood production going on and, you know, involved Dude. here. Like, how, how is it someone just like standing there with their, you know, whatever, whatever their news team jacket on and, uh, you know, there's just like bombs going off behind them that, right. that now as, as a person that's like seen like erratic fireworks, like meaning not a fireworks show, right? you know, it's like, you know, it just, it's insane what that, you know, will then do to an entire, like, you know, generation of, oh, let's, let's go kill all these people because, you know, it looks like we're at war. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I mean, I get it, dude. It's, it's. How, how about this? It's a how about this? 9-11 happens. And within whatever, a month or so, we've identified the Taliban as being the, or the Taliban, Al-Qaeda as being the culprits behind it, right? Then we say, oh, Saddam Hussein, he funded them. And then we say, Saddam Hussein, he's got weapons of mass destruction. So the UN goes in and goes, all right, we'll, we'll look for him. The UN goes in and says, no, we can't find any weapons of mass destruction. We said, nah, he's got them. We got to get them. And then we go in. And we invade Iraq. And it's like, but you said it's Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan and the Al-Qaeda and Taliban that did it. But now we have to go into Iraq and remove Saddam Hussein, who has weapons of mass destruction, but doesn't actually have weapons of mass destruction. But we're using this as a guise to get ourselves in there. And, oh, what does Iraq have? Oil. Like, it's... And, hey, and, hey, hey, this entire war has been over God. Gold, oil, drugs. I mean, Ooh, I like that. That's no, no. That's like I've, I can't claim that term. Like I've seen that before, but it's like, you know. <clears throat> well, no offense, buddy, but I knew you didn't come up with that. <laughs> no, no. Hey, no offense taken. I, uh, <laughs> you know. But no, but it's well, a, it's a hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. We invaded Iraq because of oil. We've been in Afghanistan, and you think it's just pure fucking coincidence that during the time we've been in Afghanistan, the crisis has fucking gone totally out of control? Yeah, and you want to know the worst part? It's it's like the fucking people who, you know, were over there doing that, protecting that shit or whatever, you know? I mean, if you want to call it, like, protecting the the, the fields of, of, of opiates – to then come home after being at war and, you know, getting PTSD and having all these like post-war issues. And then they're the ones that end up getting addicted to 
you know, the shit that it's like they were just like fucking protecting. It's not like, to mention, I mean, not to mention you've got you've got so much other shit that goes with it, right? Like, I'm sure it'd be interesting to talk hey, to. But I'm sorry, I don't want to like cut you off, but like Trevor, you know, our good buddy, close personal friend, um, friend of the pod. Um, first his guest of the brother, pod. First guest of the pod. His older brother was was an, um, a military police, mm. an MP in 01 in the year, you know, the first year that we went over there into Iraq. And dude, he was saying that they were trucking loads of you name it, dude gold yeah. fucking um like they go invade a mansion just fucking take all the fucking shit like there was no it was like there was like no rules and obviously that's totally wrong it's like right. you know it sounds a lot like you know nazi germany when you know it's totally. like they just stole everything from everyone you know what i mean it's how they it's financed just, their war <laughs> It's how it is how Nazi Germany financed their wars by stealing everything from the Jews, from the, well, Austria was they're kind of all in the same at that point, but Poland, the Czech Republic, they went through ransacked it all. It's how they funded their war. Um, I mean, it's just it. The frustrating part to me is that people just take everything that's fed to them at face value, right? And I'm not saying you have to question every fucking thing that happens in your life and everything that happens in the universe needs to be questioned. But I mean, just look at it at the end of the day. And, and I don't, you know, if we have any Afghani listeners, I apologize for what I'm about to say, but at the end of the day, what does Afghanistan matter to the United States of America? It doesn't, it, it is so fucking far away from us. They'll never have nuclear capabilities. They'll never have an air force. They'll never have a fucking Navy. Afghanistan does not matter to the United States. But here we are 20 years later almost, and we're still fucking there. Like, use your fucking heads. Like, think a little bit. You know, there's no coincidence there. There are such things as coincidences. That is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. To I mean, dude, it, you know, if you think that's the only coincidence, then, you oh, know, buddy. fuck. Holy moly. Um, and, that's, and that's the whole thing. And, and that's where, you know, you and I, I feel like have – are also coming back with like, you know, there's got to be balance, right? So it's like, sure. you know, the the nature, the you know, the aspect of like living your life, be, knowing, you know, it's like, dude, you can't go down these like, I mean, all right, here, let me rephrase that. You can't live just like obliviously, you know what I mean? Because then you're just you're not living for yourself, you're living for someone else. Right. Because as soon as you start, like, you know, questioning things, then, then you're at least like, okay, hey, this is for me. You know what I mean? I'm not just giving up and, like, saying and just, like, conceding to whatever it is someone else tells me. You know what I mean? It's like right. you got to go search for some of your own answers. And, like, meaning or, or, like, where I guess I was going with that is, like, you got to live with some question, but then once you start to find some answers, instead of, instead of like going deeper and deeper and deeper, that's when you need to realize, okay, I need to start like living for myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and 
you know, whatever, being with your dog, going on hikes, going on vacations, seeing the world, spending time with your family. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, in the back of your mind, you can know that you're, you know, okay. What I was taught may not be the truth, but there's no sense in like, you know, I guess you could call it like going down the complete like rabbit hole of sure. like, you know, t- you know, cause you easily could, oh. you know, but like, that's where you got to kind of combat it. Like, you know what I mean? Do the research, but then also realize that you'll never, you'll never find all the answers. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, you start questioning, you're going to be able to question forever and ever mm-hmm. and ever like everything. And that's when you got to be like, wow okay that that's your answer your answer is right there it's like you'll never get to the bottom of everything you know what i mean like government cover-ups conspiracies whatever the whatever you want to call it it's like there's a reason that they are what they are you know what i mean it it leads it leaves you you know it's like you know a cliffhanger in a movie it's like you know you're never really gonna find out you know but what you can do is you can freaking live and just know in the back of your mind that this shit is happening you know what i mean people are being manipulated and it is what it is but if you kind of just rock with it like you know you and i have been doing it's like dude who's stopping you you know it's like nobody and that might have been the best monologue you've ever given on this podcast. I think we should just retire after that. You're a hundred percent. I mean, you're a hundred percent right for every one conspiracy, you know, that the government commits that comes out like a Ron Contra. There's thousands that you'll never hear a peep about that. It'll all be speculation that you'll never get to the bottom of. And it's, it's one of those things where, okay, you can question everything and you can live in a world where I'm, you know, everything you see, you think there's some ulterior motive for, and you can spend all your time researching and learning. And there's no saying you're wrong. But at the end of the day, is it worth your time? Does it bring you happiness? Maybe. Does it, will it ever be proved? Will you ever be proved correct? At the end of the day, you, like you just said, you have to just fucking live for yourself. Like, find what makes you, dude, Little Miss Sunshine. There's a great fucking quote in, in, um, Great movie. And great movie in Little Miss Sunshine. But at the end of the movie, um, when the kid, you remember the kid who doesn't talk the whole movie, the son who wants to be the pilot, then yep. he finds out he's colorblind, can't be the pilot. Spoiler alert. And at the end, he's talking to Steve Carell's character when he's out on the pier. And he said, you know, life's simple. Do what you love and fuck the rest. And it's like, and that's it, man. Like, that's it. Do what makes you fucking happy. If you have to work a job you don't like, or a job that doesn't make you happy, but it helps facilitate you being happy, then so fucking be it. But just do what makes you fucking happy. Like, don't waste totally. time and energy on things that just, you know, aren't going to come to fruition. So what you just said was awesome. I'm fucking, I'm very impressed. That was the best monologue you've ever given on this fucking podcast. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. But I mean, I, I definitely feel like it also like came from the heart because I've been down... I mean, I, I've done the, like, I've done some research, man, like straight up and, and, you know, whether it's been right or wrong, it's like, I know that 
do, doing that research doesn't make me as happy as I was at like the waterfall I was at today. You know what I mean? With no service, you know, if anything, or, it makes you less like, happy because or, it makes you realize like how fucked up the world could possibly be, you know? Right. And you know what I mean? It's like, we were just chatting before we kind of went live here. It's like, you know, you, you were telling me, you know, you got, you know, pretty busy weekend and everything coming up, you know, with a move and all this, but you're like, you're not worried. You got a, you said you got a checklist. I'm going right. to get everything done. You're like, I'm going fishing. So it's like right there. It's like, okay, so you're finding time for what you really, you know, what you love to do. It's like that, totally. you know what I mean? You got, you got a lot of things to do, but if you can like set it up so that, okay, Hey dude, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going fishing on Saturday with fucking you're fucking Scotty goddamn Matt right. I'm going, I'm you know going fishing I mean? on so, Saturday. So, and that, and that's what it is. And that's, so for you, you got your things that you need to take care of. You know what I right. mean? You're trying to, you know, build your empire, do your thing, and you'll take care of that stuff. You don't hate what you do. But nope. then on, on the flip side, it's like, you know, okay, hey, you know what you love to do. You know, you yep. love to go yep. fishing. And, uh, hey, spoiler alert, I still haven't caught a fish. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't need a license, right? <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every episode until you finally get one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, no, no man, it's you're, like, you're, and that's, you're 100% and that's where, right. Yeah, dude, and, and we're, we're the, you know, it's like, we're, like, we say every, every week or whatever, it's like, we're learning, and, uh, you know, it's like, you, the more questions you ask, the more you observe, like, the more you realize how blessed, and actually, like, dude, like, how cool is it being you? like no offense like you know what i mean it's like not like in this like in the mental space that you're that you're in or whatever it's like oh sure you know it's like it's uh what, what do you like to say i'm asking the royal you you know it's just yeah, like not not you specifically the wrong saying um, the royal you <laughs> but uh you i know, do love and, that and then, expression yeah no it's uh but you know it's a real thing man like everyone dude like shit i just i was just watching like i watched a crazy movie um the other night actually called wind river you ever heard of that wait a second i think so is that the one where they find the the murder girl in the beginning and it's yeah, like the exactly yes. awesome movie. okay well that's basically jeremy renner yeah yeah that's right down the road here i was right. in pine took so but like you know what I mean? It's like there, there's a quote at the end of that movie. Um, and not a quote, a statistic of every single race, creed, ethnicity, religion, every single race has a missing persons list, mm. except for Native American women. Wow. And I mean, I'm sure, I mean, if you watch the movie, it's a really messed up movie. It's a great flick, to, but it's fate is fucked to up. Me, it's a sad like, story. Oh, totally sad. But that, that was the last like screen that you see the last right. line that goes across the screen. And it's like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? It's like, 
the fact that an entire demographic can be preyed on like that is fucking it's like it makes you it makes me sick to my stomach dude dude the, like, the, the native american population is maybe the most disenfranchised part of population in this entire country you know what i mean and we're you know we're sitting here and talking about like i mean i guess like that's the thing man like all this like look at 2020 like look what it's brought us and then like you know what i mean i have to watch a random like movie that was based on true events to find that out you know what i mean like how is that not fucking like dude that's you know you know what's crazy too because i it's it's not funny it's coincidental you should bring that up uh see coincidences do happen um i was going back this podcast i listened to stuff you should know great podcast if you've never heard of it these two geeky guys who talk about all kinds of random topics but they're excellent they go through you know uh tons of random topics but i was listening to um how the trail of tears worked which was obviously the forced migration of the uh, native american indians um into the reservations where most of them still are today and you know you're figuring that's what 150 almost 200 years ago that that happened and here we are today and these, it never really struck a chord with me until I was driving across the country and uh, Matt and I on our way out to California, actually we were stopping in Utah for the night. We were driving through Navajo country because all of like Northern Arizona and Southern Utah is Navajo country. And we had to stop and take a piss. So we stopped at this grocery store on the Navajo reservation. And this is just an aside in the story, but we walk in, dude, we were the only two white people in the entire, it was all Native Americans, you know? And these fucking, like the little kids and stuff were looking at us like we were aliens. Like, you know, the majority of them had probably never seen a white person before in real life, you know, outside of TV. Um, but anyways, the, the point is, so as we were driving to Utah, and then the next morning as we're driving from Utah back to the Grand Canyon, you like take a second to look around and say, okay, this is all Navajo land, right? For as far as the eye can see, it's fucking desert. We gave them all these gigantic chunks of land where you can't have agriculture. You can't build anything. Nobody's coming there for anything. And like, here, take these parts of the land that we don't want because we can't do anything with them. And they still yours. made it work. And they still and made they it work. they still made it work. Yeah. I mean, the, the Native which, American which, population is which, treated like shit. In a way, but, but hey, let's look at that and like, like a, for a positive for us. It's like, holy fuck, like, look at everything we've ever been given. Like, right. if we don't thrive, like, fuck us. Right. You know Appreciate what, I mean? what you have because there are people that literally all they have is desert, you know, and like that's their entire existence. Like, this has been like my new thing the last like couple of weeks has been like, what is my existence? Like, what is the purpose of my existence? And you and I have had this conversation before, and this is um, something we'll probably save for another episode, but like, you know, what is the purpose of my existence? And I think like, you can reinvent it. I don't mean it like, what is your fate? What is like, what's been laid out your destiny? Like, what is your existence become? And everybody that's born in America with maybe the exception of the native Americans, like your existence has the potential to be fucking awesome 
you may have the card stacked against you from the start, but if you're willing to put in the work and do the right things and stay on the right track, your existence has the potential to be awesome. But there are truly people whose existence, the existence that they're, you know, have to settle for is fucking pitiful. I shouldn't say pitiful. That's not the right word is straight up terrible. And like, that's all they'll ever know. Like that is their existence. Their existence is to live in the desert in this place that grows no food and, you know, odds are based on genetics and, you know, what has happened to the Native American population, they have a higher percent chance of being uh, alcoholics and having their lives fall apart. Like, and that is their existence. It's so much harder to fight that. So like everybody that bitches about what they've been handed and like the hand that they've been dealt, like fuck off because you have it a million times better than a lot of people. And that's just from day one. Right. And that's even like Aaron, like dude, great rant from you there too also you know what i mean but like you're totally right it's like but the first thing that that you know we as americans want to do is like you know so you just say exactly what you said you know we do have the the head start right but the first thing we want to do is like is like oh they even have a better head start than us right i mean it's like it's never like it's always a comparison right yeah so it's it's uh dude you're you're bang on and and that which if you can get to that point you know what i mean where you're just living and and not looking to compare yourself it's like dude we're all gonna die and we all can't bring anything with us when we die except knowledge man yep you know you you pack that knowledge in your brain you know see the world experience things you know it's like and and that's and that's what it's about so fucking a rights buddy listen that's i i have nothing to add that's as perfect a place to end as there's going to be what a great thursday night chat this has been fucking a hey fucking a hey um happy birthday to uh your sister tomorrow that's why we're uh, recording a little bit early Thanks, Ashland. You know, as if you didn't monopolize my entire last weekend, you have to monopolize this weekend too, but it's fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, Hey, subscribe, rate, review. My man, not even going to repeat it this time. You got it. Benny, we'll catch back up uh, next week. This will probably be my last podcast from this apartment, and then I'll be in some new digs after that. So uh, anyways, great chat, buddy. Love you. Always love you, man.